do you want to be apart from being an athlete? Our hope and prayer here on More Than an Athlete is to provide short, helpful, and biblical content that will equip you in becoming more like Christ and making Him known in your athletic spheres. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, athletes, you guys? I am so excited for today. We have just the pleasure of getting to hear from Les Norman, and I'm going to let him introduce himself, but I'm just really excited to talk about View of Self today and just get his wisdom on his story. And you guys, it's an awesome story of just how God moved through his life. So I'll let Les go ahead and just introduce himself and get to his wisdom today. Well, first, Grace, thanks for having me. It's great to be here on your podcast. And when you say wisdom, you have to be talking about the Lord because it's not coming from me. So if people are waiting for that. Uh, hopefully you'll you'll see Jesus through it. But yes, mm-hmm. uh, again, my name is Les Norman. Um, I am uh, a member. I used to be on staff, uh, but now I'm a volunteer uh, here at Abundant Life and Lee Summit and have done so many things in roles. Uh, I'm married to my bride of 25 years, Kristen, mm-hmm. my my absolute rock star, best friend, incredible uh, rock of, of our home and the faith. And I have two boys, 20 and 17. I'm a former major league outfielder. I was with the Royals for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've won a gold medal in the Olympics and uh, played in college for a few years. And God has blessed me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. He's blessed me in ways where I have failed, and he's blessed me in ways where I've been obedient, but right. it has been uh, an incredible journey, and most people ask me that they've heard this rumor, and the answer is yes, just in case. Yes, I did go on Wheel of Fortune four years ago and and actually won, and I went on because I lost a bet to my son. Wow. Yeah, so I had to pay That's him awesome. I had to pay him 25% of the winnings, so oh, that, was, that was the deal. Yeah. Wow. That's a whole other story. We'll yeah. tell that another time. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's really neat. So kind of going into, you kind of shared a little bit about your athletic experience, but um, what would you say kind of was your point of seeing athletics as a platform for Christ and kind of the story of just when you came to know Christ through athletics? I know it was kind of in the timeline timeline of baseball. Sure. I grew up with baseball around me, but I was mm-hmm. not a, a, an athlete who necessarily liked baseball from the get-go. Right. I, I grew up in the about an hour south of Chicago. I loved the Cubs, mm-hmm. which means I was a glutton for punishment because back then they yeah. didn't win. So yeah. see, I, I I loved the Cubs and played for the Royals in the seasons that I played. We didn't win very many games. So I was just mm-hmm. used to that. But when I was little, um, I had a dad who was an alcoholic and, mm-hmm. and very abusive. And so when I would come home and hear him yelling and screaming and, and not being sober, mm-hmm. um, mom and him were yelling, screaming, all that. Right. I would I just remembered being uh, at, uh, seeing guys that I went to school with at a local baseball field. So yeah. I'd put my books down, grab my bike, grab my glove, put it on the handlebars and go down. But for the for months, they never let me play. Mm-hmm. I lived in the quote unquote wrong part of town. Um, I was a smart kid in school, but was really not athletic. And so after a while I would go there every day and eventually they let me play. And Mm -hmm. so I eventually started to develop a love for baseball, but it was really an escape. And I did not grow up in a Christian home. There was nothing about faith, nothing about church. We never went. And so uh, one day I came home and I was 12 years old and I asked my mom, where's dad? And she said, well, he's gone. And my answer was the the snarky, sarcastic 12-year-old in me, the little right. rebel, and saying, well, I can hear that he's not here because you guys aren't screaming and fighting and throwing mm-hmm. punches. 
And she said, no, he's gone. And I never saw him again, wow. even to this day. And wow. I guess he'd sometime around when I was 22, 10 years later, I'd heard that he'd passed mm -hmm. away uh, from uh, an automobile accident. He was suffering from cirrhosis and was blind mm -hmm. and alcoholism had really got him. It was just, you know, trying to cross right. a busy highway. And I went into a major rebellious stage from mm -hmm. age 13 through my college years. Uh, the sports became a huge mask for me. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I uh, did this. Uh, we, we've done some uh, presentations on the perfect masquerade, meaning that, you know, we've all got our, our baggage and right. we wear masks. And when you get married, your masks and her masks become each other's masks. And it's mm -hmm. all those things you're hiding from. And I was a high school, all state baseball player and football player. I was a college football player and a two-time college All-American. Wow. And by my junior year, I had also played on a second Olympic team, but got hurt and couldn't finish. Mm. And on the outside, I was supposed to be all world. I was voted one of the top 10 players in the country, all college levels. It was an wow. NAI school. And so I was drafted by Boston, mm -hmm. was not as high as I thought. We didn't have much money in my family. And so I was expecting a certain amount yeah. to get me through, yeah. did not get that, uh, went back to school, was falling apart, started to mm. suffer from depression, although I didn't realize that until later. So the Royals drafted me the following year, but I went from my junior year of being this all world, supposedly right, what the world right. thought all-American stud mm -hmm. on the field to one of the worst players on my team. As mm -hmm. a captain, I got kicked off of our fall team for anger issues wow. only. And I, you don't see it right away. Oftentimes, we don't see God in our life until we look behind us and see what he saved us from mm -hmm. or brought us through. That's good. And that was the absolute truth in that situation. So I was drafted. But when I got out there, everybody was a great player. There were kids that were five, six, five, seven from Texas, Florida, Arizona, California that were right. playing year round. And when you're in Chicago mm -hmm. and it's 30 out, you're playing baseball, but you're using aluminum yeah. bats. You're playing 30 games. Mm -hmm. And so I was not as good as I thought I was. Right. I ended up getting hurt so bad that I'd separated my left shoulder twice mm -hmm. and my season was over. So I'm, I'm hitting 240 as a 26th round draft pick. Mm -hmm. the, the writing's on the wall. They're going to release me, but they have to fix my shoulder. And so how this whole thing wraps up is that we had a first base coach named Bobby Meacham who on Sundays, he would invite me to chapel. I'm like, what right. is this chapel service? Yeah. I guess if you can't go to church on Sunday because you're playing, they'll bring church to you. Wow. And the reason I went on Sundays was because I raised so much hell for six days mm -hmm. that I needed to clean up and get a little bit of heaven on Sundays yeah. and yeah. then just go right back to Mondays. Mm -hmm. But Meach was different because how he talked, how he treated us, how I, how I watched him treat his wife and kids. He was the first man in my life that his conduct matched his words. Wow. And so I was attracted to that kind of behavior. And so it made me inquire more and more that kept me going to chapel, somebody mm -hmm. living out their faith, not just talking the game and then seeing different things, yeah. being yeah. that hypocrite. Yeah. And so I remember at 22, I was sitting in the clubhouse. My arm was in a sling. Mm. Nobody was calling me anymore. And I remember thinking, even as not a Christian at the time, I have worshipped alcohol, women, myself, mm -hmm. baseball, mm -hmm. the media, yeah. you name it. And yeah. every single one of them have let me down. Mm. And so I remember in the clubhouse that day at 22, I decided that that night I was going to end my life. Wow. Mm. And at that moment, Bobby Meacham comes walking in. The game's going on. I'm in the clubhouse, not playing because I'm hurt. And I look at him, just burst out into tears as if not even my own voice and say, uh -huh. Meach, there's something different about you. I got to know what it is because I'm dying here, literally. 
instead of going out to coach, he sat there and mm. shared the gospel with me in a deep way. And so about a week later, as I was really wrestling through that on a, on a bus trip back from Spokane, Washington, I about three in the morning going through the great Northwest, I got on my knees and, and gave my life to the Lord. Wow. And, uh, and it wasn't perfect and easy since then, but it's interesting that, and, and becoming a Christian doesn't get you to the big leagues. Right. Right. But at that moment, I began to start playing for the name on, well, the name on the front was Royals mm -hmm. instead of the name on the back. Mm -hmm. But slowly but surely, I was learning how to play for the voice in the audience of one who is yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And that's the short version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. I love that. I love that so much. And um, we kind of talked about it and just how you know, our view of self is a lot within your story and just the incredible athletic experiences you've had and the roller coasters and kind of just getting to the point where God really brought you down to your knees and to be able to say, you know, I want to fully give my life to Christ. So it's incredible. And it's a great example, too, of the coach that was there and consistently wanting to share with you. So Amen. I got to see him about five years later mm. when I was in AAA and I hadn't talked to him since then. And he didn't recognize it right away, but I sprinted to him and just jumped wow. in his arms. And wow. yeah, sorry, I get choked up about it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Meech. You will not believe just you taking the time has mm -hmm. literally changed the course of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And my eternal life. Yeah. And the life of others. Too, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible. So with within view of self, we're first Christians and then athletes. And that's something that why I named it more than an athlete, because, you know, at the end of the day, that ends and what matters is eternity, like you were talking about. And so what would you say our view of self should look like? And why would you even say that's important? Well, it's important because our view of self and God's view of us mm -hmm. most times, at least at the beginning, right. are two completely opposite things. Mm -hmm. There's his truth. And then for for whatever reason, we think that our identity is wrapped up in what we're most successful at or what yeah. we mostly love that isn't Jesus himself. Mm. And even though I was saved and I was written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there were seasons where I would still start to live for myself. I mean, yeah. the very next year, instead of getting released, I ended up being hitting 400 wow. and becoming the minor league player of the year. And two and a half years after that, I was in the major leagues yeah. with the Royals. So yeah. it was crazy. But during those times, I had so many father wounds mm. and many guys out there that are listening can relate to this and, and, and females too, yeah. but there are different father wounds for the, for the opposite gender. And so when I got to the big leagues, I was still battling my identity and still trying to figure out who am I? And I would go out in the field thinking that I'm a Royal, I'm a major league baseball player. So I have to live up to that instead of saying, work hard yeah, and be who God called you to be. I mean, mm -hmm. I've got this list here of, of so many of these verses of what God calls us, you know, in Psalm 139, he knows me. My first verse I ever memorized, second Corinthians five 17, you're a new creation. You know, whoever's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We're chosen and holy in Colossians. Ephesians were his workmanship. We're holy and blameless sons of God, free friend, treasured possession, apple of his eye. Mm. I mean, if you look at those and think, no matter how old or young we are, yeah. old in my case, young in your case, <laughs> but we're still a child yeah. of mm. the everlasting savior mm. of the universe. And so it's it's not about whether you hit 300 or 100 or not at all. Mm -hmm. It's about, I'm a child of God. And I love the fact that you name this more than an athlete, mm -hmm. 
because we are more than an athlete. We are more than a student mm -hmm. and a young woman and an old man and a yeah. father and a husband and all those things and, and a future wife, God right. willing. Right. And so we just have to understand that first and foremost, we live oftentimes where God is just another part of our life. Yeah. God should be the umbrella mm. of our life. Mm. And being an athlete should be just somewhere on the list, on that priority list. But wherever we fall on that, we're always a child of God. And then whatever we do, we need to reflect mm -hmm. Jesus who's mm -hmm. alive in our hearts. And when we leave a conversation, when we leave a podcast, when we leave 30,000 people in an, in an arena or in a mm -hmm. stadium, mm -hmm. Someone should be asking, there's something different about the way that guy hustles. Mm. There's something different about the way he stopped and signed autographs for an hour after they just lost 10 right. to 2 or something like that. And yeah. so we need to remember we are always more than an athlete. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I, I think personally I can even say this too. It's hard to have that view of self all the time consistently like what you're talking about do you have, you mentioned a couple just then, but do you have any practicals of how we can have a healthy view of ourselves as an athlete and as a Christ follower in general? Well, think about this, Grace. If you and I, you know, we're, we're just meeting in person for the first time, but we've right. also text, talked on the phone, mm -hmm. and we'll get to know each other better. Right. But there's a part of a conversation that we can't have. Mm -hmm. And if a year from now, I want to say, hey, we want to have a father-daughter type relationship, but yeah. I don't ever talk to you. Right. I don't ever get to know you, what mm -hmm. you like, your dislikes, all those things. If we don't ever have conversations, how am I going to get to know you? Right. And so God isn't just the God of the Bible over there. And we're not just to read the Bible like, oh, those are stories that, yes, they really happened, but they really don't pertain to me because it happened so long ago. Yeah. God's word is alive. It's alive in us. It's alive in him. And so the best way to live like Christ as an athlete or whoever mm -hmm. is to get to know him. Mm -hmm. And you are a disciplined tennis player. If you're playing tennis at your level, mm -hmm. I love that sport, but I'm really bad at it. <laughs> so if you and I got matched up on a tennis court, I would, I'd be, my tail would be between my legs in no time because you would be whooping up on me. Mm -hmm. But, but we're just more than that. We have the discipline to be athletes. Yeah. What more so then do we need to be the discipline of getting up? So the first thing I do, prayer and reading God's word is not the first thing I do in the morning. It's being thankful. Mm. It's, it's kind of prayer. Yeah. But I want to ask God right away before my feet hit the floor. God, thank you that you gave me a good night's sleep. Yeah. Thank you that you gave me another day that I get to look at my bride, who is my mm -hmm. best friend. And I've got two sons in my home. Thank you for a home. For the yeah. From the smallest to the biggest of things, gratitude opens the door of communication between us and the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then it's time to hit our knees. Yeah. We are our strongest athletes when we're on our knees. Mm -hmm. Maybe not literally, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah. And then knowing God's word and getting in God's word consistently strengthens us and gives us his wisdom to be the athlete and the woman and the man and all those things that we're called to be. Wow. That's so good. Wow. I love just what you even said about being on our knees and how that makes us the stronger athletes. Cause when you think about it and we're getting in the word and we're having that written on our hearts, we're going to be a better athlete because we're, we're living for Christ and having that right view of self. So that's so good. Um, you, you'd mentioned this when we had talked on the phone, but just how view of self is a big part of your story and just as how it's changed your life and your life currently now and what you give your life to. What would you tell an athlete currently that's in their career trying to live a healthy view of themselves? 
and the healthy view of God, what, what would you want to tell them right now? One of the things that it's kind of a joke and kind of not, but, mm-hmm. but don't, don't fall in love with the mirror. Mm. Don't walk by the mirror and think, oh, I am all that yeah. after you go three for four with two homers or after you, you win six love, six yeah. love, and yeah. it's all over with. Mm-hmm. See, I know a little bit about tennis. Yeah. yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I would continue to help them understand. I mean, mm-hmm. remember the verse, every athlete needs to know the verse, everyone, but especially athletes who are successful. Yeah. They need to understand that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Mm. And so we need to understand, I don't want to be on the opposing side of God. I don't want to get recognition for my abilities. I want to give God the glory for the abilities that he's given me because they're Mm -hmm. not my abilities. This body isn't even mine. It's on loan. And so I always want to tell athletes, understand where your gift comes from. You, you're an athlete. You've been through times where you're on this either a losing streak right. or I, I can't mm-hmm. you battle an injury or something like that. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that there was a time, even as a believer, when I was young in my professional career, mm-hmm. that I would try to get through things on my own because now mm-hmm. I can't even imagine it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll end this segment with this. I used to think that I was going to be a rich and famous superstar big league player, right. which was all about me, that mm-hmm. I, 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 I was going to do it. And the, and my platform was baseball mm. and what an incredible gift to understand that now in my fifties, when the game is over yeah, because of the year and a half, I mean, if people look at my career batting average in the big leagues, it's 169. Mm. People get released for that in seven days. I was yeah. just a backup player, yeah. good minor league and Olympics and all that. But, mm-hmm. but even so my platform from, from back then when I was in my twenties, is right now mm. because now I'm doing radio and yeah. TV and yeah. speaking and mm. I'm spe- I just spoke at a school for FCA and I do that all over the country year round wow. but that platform is now that uniform was a way to preach Christ mm. and and to let the world know what he's done for us mm. and so I need people to understand baseball tennis football all sports all athletics that's not your platform yeah it's Jesus is the platform. That's the venue for which mm. you get to glorify him. That's so good. That's that's so good. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's a prime example of what our view of self should look like and just our view of God too. Kind of for our final question, we ask this on every podcast with the name of more than an athlete. And I think you've done a great example of just explaining what that looks like, but kind of thinking whether it was looking back on your athletic career when you were first beginning or even to someone right now, what would you say it means to you to be more than an athlete? Mm, that's a good question. And I've got 18 different answers, but we're <laughs> podcasting, so we have to keep them short. we got time. It's okay. Well, to be more than an athlete um, as a Christian means you have to know who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. We really have to know who we are. Um, you know, I've, I won't read a ton of them, but, um, you know, Luke 12, 7, if we understand how much God loves us, we'll never stop understanding who we are in Christ. Mm. And more than an athlete will always be an easy question to answer. Yeah. It really will. Luke 12, 7, why even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you're of more value than many sparrows. I look back, somebody once told me this, I look back and see the things I've done in my life. And because of the father wounds, I've wanted to live in shame so many mm. times. But when Jesus died on the cross, he saw grace's face. Mm. He saw my face. He didn't just die just for people in general. He is such a relational, loving God and what he saved us for. Mm. Mm-hmm. If athletes will understand 
who they are in Christ yeah. and understand that, yes, you're talented. Yes, you have an amazing gift, yeah. but it can be taken away mm. just like that. And if you can deal with that, even though, yes, there's disappointment there because we have plans and we love sports. But if we realize what can happen and yet we're in Christ and understand our identity in and out of sports is a transition Yeah, in and out of a job. That's just a transition. Those are opportunities to see. All right, God, you took me out of this. Mm. Now let's see what you're going to do next. And I can't wait. So to be more than an athlete is to understand who you are in Christ. Mm -hmm. It's to understand who Christ is. But more importantly, it's to understand how much he loves us Mm. enough to die for. Yeah. I have two boys and I don't know that I could give them up for anybody. Mm. I couldn't give my boys up. I wouldn't want to give my life up necessarily for a murderer or someone who's done evil things. Jesus did it willingly. Mm. And if there's not a greater example in five, greater love has no one than this that he laid on his life for mm-hmm. his friends. That's what being more than an athlete's about. It's so good. I I just love all of the practicals you gave and just the view of self that we can have. And I love the reminder of even just the gospel. You know, we want to preach that to ourselves every day, that that's the reality of Jesus did love us to where he, he placed someone in your life, you know, to keep you alive and to share the gospel with you and now you're impacting others. And it, it's, it's just an incredible story and example of how much Jesus does love us as athletes, as whatever we are, um, apart from any titles we have. And so I just love your story, your practicals, and yeah, just a reminder of the gospel and to preach that to ourselves as well. Grace, I'm going to add this real quick. Mm-hmm. As athletes, we train, mm-hmm. we get better, we work hard. Yeah. How many how many tennis balls did you hit before your first match? Came count, right? Yeah, no. How how much did you work on your forehand, your backhand, your lob, your your serves, your yeah. second serve, your spins, your angles, right. all those things. Getting to know your opponent, all yeah. those things. If you didn't do any of that preparation, you wouldn't still be playing, mm. especially at the competitive level you are. And so here's the point. For all of our Christian athletes out there to understand being more than an athlete, Mm. you can't give what you don't have. You can't preach if you don't know who you're preaching Mm. about. And so get to know your Savior, and you can't get to know him if you don't open his word. Mm. Mm. It's so good. Yeah, we'll never regret giving our time to that ever. Les, thank you so much for being on here. And it's a joy to see you living this out, living out the gospel, sharing the gospel and just what God has done in your life and how he's still using baseball. I mean, it's amazing, amazing how he's still using that platform. So I'm grateful. I feel blessed to just get to talk to you and hear your story. And um, y'all, I hope you guys have enjoyed this and just thought you have a great rest of your week. Hey, we want to thank you for listening. Did you know that you could help More Than An Athlete by rating, reviewing, and subscribing? Follow us on Instagram at More Than An Athlete. And the more that you do this, the more athletes can tune in and find the content. We hope you found this week's episode helpful and encouraging.